Welcome back, baddies. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Baddies Mean Business. Today, we are going to be covering a topic that we feel is really important to our generation, Go Gen Zers. But if you're a millennial or boomer, we welcome you as well. We welcome all folks of all colors, shapes, sizes, age. So side hustle culture. Why did we bring up this topic for this week? Um, for one, I feel like it's extremely relevant. I think majority of our friends that we talk to have some sort of side hustle that they work on, whether it's a passion project or it's something that they actually generate an income on. But I think everyone has a different definition of what it is. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting statistics that I actually found recently that I really wanted to share with you all. And me and Kenzie are also just going to give our general hot take on whether or not you should start a side hustle, what kind of side hustles are out there, basically everything within the culture. So Kenzie, what do you think? Yeah, I guess my first initial thoughts before deep diving into what we're going to get into the end there. Or hold on, sorry. Um, yeah, I guess my first thoughts before diving completely into the episode, uh, just in general, like Riley said, we have so many people, especially I feel like in our industries, specifically even digital marketing, it's very, very common that a lot of people that we know are naturally just prone to having like either a freelance job or like a, either just solely doing their own thing and working for an agency or just working for themselves or you know, there ha there is something always that's like a side hustle, a passion project, whatever. And so I think just our relevance in that and seeing it, how it like plays effect into what we're doing, what makes people successful, what, you know, what everybody needs to be doing all the time, like always working. So just that hustle culture. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I think just the concept in general is really, it's very broad. There's a lot to it. And I think yeah, we have a lot of opinions on it. And so mm -hmm. we're going to share those with you guys today. Yeah, 100%. And so for me personally, like this also erupted because I went to Iceland last week for a vacation with my family. And I met somebody there who is from Colombia. She lives in Iceland. And she actually, interesting fact, she met with the president of Iceland the night before because she works on an initiative in her spare time. Um, regarding bullying in Iceland because it stems from her own personal childhood. She was an extremely interesting person and was super helpful in showing me around Reykjavik, um, which is the capital of Iceland. But she was talking about how we were we were having a conversation amongst it was her, myself, and then a friend of ours we met who previously worked in Wall Street and now is studying in Paris. So we had a lot of dynamic perspectives and um, within this like one conversation. And she said that something about Americans is that we all have many, many jobs. <laughs> and for me, I never thought of it as something that's super unique to the US in general, but obviously it makes sense. Um, but it's something that we tend to do to make sure we can uphold the lifestyles that we wish to do. And I feel like this can be not just like the times we live in, but also based off of generation and what we value. Um, so I feel like this is like something important to bring up, especially with considering the demographic that we speak to um, week by week. Definitely. Amazing. So first starting off, the way that we're going to structure this episode is that we have a few statistics that I found through this article um, written by Microsoft, and it was on their Windows Experience blog. And there's five different categories of the statistics. First things first, starting off with the whole idea of a nine to five. So in fact, this graphic is titled nine to never. Um, because 91% of Gen Z small business owners work unconventional hours outside of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And 81% of Gen Z small business owners work while on vacation, compared to 62% of Gen Z 
of small business owners overall. This is true. This is 100% true. Um, I this last week, I tried to stay offline. And for the most part, I did. But there was an occasional, you know, popping into Slack, sending a message um, here and there, which, you know, it happens. Uh, (laughs) And I also would say that my deep work hours are between 7 and 9 a.m. and 5 to 8 p.m., which is like genuinely like literally outside of the typical work hours in a corporate America setting. Yeah. Um, I also just experienced, or I also obviously was just on a little mini vacation slash work trip. I say work trip because Riley and I did podcast stuff, but overall it was a general vacation, but the beauty of being able to work remotely, which I have been has, I work on the road. And so I did block out a lot of time while, and I was able to structure it around like the people I was visiting and their schedule. So then that way I could like enjoy my time with my boyfriend, with Riley, with my aunts, with our friends and do it that way. So then that way I would have time to spend with them when I didn't have to work. And so there is a beautiful part of that. Like, I feel like they're, I feel like working remote is like, What is the term that I just said earlier? It's a blessing and a curse. Thank you. Okay. Let me say that again. (laughs) I feel like, um, I feel like in general side hustles or not even side hustles, but just remote working is like a blessing and a curse because Mm -hmm. as much as it is nice that you can probably take vacations most of the time, whenever you want to and, um, up and leave or kind of set your own schedule, it does make it hard because it also, people struggle with that work-life balance of like, okay, yeah, I have the luxury of being able to start work later in the afternoon, but will I go later in the evening? Most likely. And so, yeah, for me, I think even just this past like three weeks while I was gone, I was really like, wow, this is nice, but boy, would it be nice to have just gotten three full weeks off and wouldn't like not think about work at all. But I think that I wouldn't obviously choose that over the luxury of being able to travel or do what I need to do and up and leave and work from wherever I want to whenever I want. So I think to like everything, there's good and there's bad. So yeah, that's my kind of hot take. Well, it's like these tech companies are making it way too easy to work on on your phone. I mean, in this article, it says 64% of Gen Z small business owners operate on their phone. And so for me personally, I, I use superhuman to email and I think when I was doing my onboarding call, they said uh, 70% of their users or some high statistic do a majority of their emails through the phone app. And because it makes it so easy, like it's so mm-hmm. accessible. And then there's others like Airtable, like they have an app that you can use. Um, sorry to Gmail users. Like I do, like there are so many different avenues. I know G- Gmail's great. <laughs> I, I love I love Superhuman because of the templates you can use, and like mm-hmm. I use it as like a task a managing system as well because I can set reminders. But I could do all of that on a phone. Slack, you know, messaging other mm-hmm. team members on over Slack. You can um, you can do things through YouTube. It just it, the it, the list is endless, mm-hmm. and so it makes sense. Um, if you're on the go all the time, you never have to feel like you have to stop in one place and find internet, find Wi-Fi, and have to sit down and do work. You can do it while you're sitting on a bus, sitting on a train, sitting in the car, um, on your commute, Um, especially for remote workers. I think that in general, that's 
um, this might be a hot take, but I feel like for me, I have a hard time wanting to use my phone for work because I look at it as like, that's a place where I like, you know, contact my family and friends. It's a place where I try to use for like my personal whatever videos, photos, things like that. That's like not my, it's not like a work phone for me where it's like, I feel like I need to get out of that mentality because I feel like it would make it so much easier for me if I did translate them into one, like, some of the time. Or at least for some things. Like, I do have my Slack and I do have my emails and obviously all those things on my phone. But some of the more, like, pressing tasks things I try not to even do on my phone just because I'm like, I don't want to, like, cross the boundary of work and leisure. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like there's so many benefits. So it's so hard. I feel like that is a interesting like topic in in and of itself is just like using your phone as like your work like being able to do work from your phone is just like a concept that I don't think anybody was ready for especially your, <laughs> when yeah, the phones came around like <laughs> our parents yeah. what what does that even mean like working from your phone huh I know so. it's it's super interesting and so it's like mm-hmm. getting used to it was definitely a thing like I didn't really do that in college like it wasn't so I felt like I had to stare at a screen to do it yeah, um, but it's just like no longer the case, and I believe a lot of people our age who are wanting to start businesses. In fact, like I think sixty percent plus of Gen Z wants to or has started a side hustle in general. Mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. think it's like good to pause here and be like, my friend Nico, shout out to Nico Bird. <laughs> he, <laughs> he kind of um, opened up my eyes and what exactly a side hustle can look like. And so for me, I always saw it as like one specific definition of something you do beyond your normal day-to-day job. And it could be anything, something that generates revenue, something you like a business you've created yourself, or it could be something like Ubering, like uh, Postmates, mm-hmm. DoorDash. You can do like small consulting, like tech consulting as like your side hustle, like a service. Mm-hmm. Um you can do something like a podcast and it may not be revenue generating in the beginning, but it's something that you generally enjoy doing. And I think the whole basis around that is that Gen Z wants to be, have financial independence. They don't want their lifestyle to be dictated by their job. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't, they have like very difficult, like I I feel like I'm talking as the generation I'll speak on my own account. (laughs) I like being flexible. I don't like to do the same things day to day. I like to have a dynamic way of life. And the whole idea around side hustle culture, not just hustle culture, but side hustle culture is for that reason, Mm -hmm. Um, is to have your everyday implement the things that you enjoy doing or offer you the financial independence that you could do those things. Yeah. Well, that was a big one. Um, I feel like just the the concept of side hustles, like, I don't know when I really thought that, like, oh, my gosh, side hustles, like, I need to get into it. I think, obviously, like, if you have been following the podcast for a while, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I um, am a still a um, independent consultant for Rodan and Fields, the skincare company. And that was, like, my first, like, dip dive into a, like, side hustle that was profitable. And so for me, that's like how Riley was explaining like Uber and things like that. This is something that you like go into and you're able to like, you know, have the luxury of like the company backbone almost instead of like totally taking a leap of faith, like a podcast or like freelance work where you're your own, 
like you're still your own boss in those things, but you still have the financial or not the financial, but just the insurance backbone of like a company just to like support you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think just on that note in general, I don't know what like totally inspired me. I honestly think if I'm like tapping back into my younger self and like, I've never ever wanted to have a job define like my structure of life. And I remember, I'm going to go a little bit kind of rambling right now, but I remember I was driving to work and I was working my um, coffee shop Dutch Bros job, which I loved working at Dutch Bros. Literally so much fun. But I remember driving to work one day and being like, I literally have people telling me when I have to show up to my job. Like me, a human, having <laughs> to be told how to structure my day. I can't wait, go, wait, wait. like... I think just, like, stopping there in that statement and so much and what we think about. Because, like, to our parents, they're like, well, duh. Like, I'm like, no, duh. That's what (laughs) being an adult is. You're told you have to go to this job and that's what you sign on for from Mm -hmm. now until 65 when you're able to retire and you get the whole, like, benefits that you've worked towards. You stop. You you have to go at nine. You got to do it. What do you mean? I have to go at nine. To us, it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Literally. We have and- to do that. <laughs> well, for me, it's like, well, we. my job is like, I don't, we, I, I I try to start my work by seven or eight by myself, but I have the flexibility of being, having more of a dynamic schedule as long as I get what I need done, done. But right. it's, it's funny because it's true. Like we were like the audacity. The audacity. No, Literally. Us. To tell us when to structure our day, like, I can't, what, what if I wanted to go to yoga at noon? Well, I have a shift. Well, shoot. Well, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? I have a shift. Like, yeah. and I think when I realized that concept and I've like had those thoughts a lot, but just like seeing it, I was like, oh my, why did this hit me so much harder than it had previously? And this was way yeah. after I started, you know, my road and fields consultant and like, yeah. um, already like helping social media coordinating and stuff like that for businesses. And so I'm like, what am I even doing? I just was a funny realization looking back on it now, just like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and like trying my best to do primarily remote because that's what I like and what I thrive out of. But I feel like what's weird is like, what, what made us have those wants and aspirations like so early on in life? Like I personally think it was growing up watching YouTube, seeing Mm -hmm. these like, like what now we call influencers, but like YouTubers back in the day, like making money off of YouTube and like being able to have fun and create and be artistic and be able to profit off of it. Like, I think that concept is like my first concept of side hustles because back in the day, like my mom has done a bunch of little side hustles here and there every once in a while, but they've all been like, I don't know what some of the ones like 31 bags. They were like these really cute bags back in the day and you'd be able to have bag parties or like Sensi was one of them. I don't think my mom did that. Yeah. Like, Sensi was one but those you know those kind of like businesses that ended up having consultants and so or like people to Mm -hmm. you know buy the product and like have it be fun and profit and sell and I think it's a really cool way to market but I don't know I just it's so fascinating how like where did this start like where did you see like where did it start for you that you thought like oh my gosh I want to do side hustles or oh my gosh I don't want this remote or I want this remote working not 
going to work every day. (laughs) Well, I think honestly, it goes back to like the way I thought about my own personal childhood. And so my mom did like Mary Kay and she did those Mm -hmm. little things on the side. Like I remember her hosting like um, pedicure parties and stuff like that. Um, And I think it's like the flexibility. I saw that if you want a family and you want a career at the same time, you need to have some sort of flexibility and being able to make your own decisions and what you Mm do. And if you're going to spend so much time in your work, you have to make sure you're doing something you enjoy. So that's like how my thought of it, I think, started early on was like I saw the way my parents worked so hard to maintain their like nine to five jobs. But um, maintaining that with like children, is like it's extremely Mm -hmm. difficult. Like you have to live like where you are with your family. Like you have to Mm -hmm. live where your family is based um, so that you can have other people to help you with your day to day life. And I'm like, is there a way that you can make it so that you don't have to do that? You don't have to make sacrifices so often Mm -hmm. um, in that way or have different types of sacrifices you make um, to sustain the lifestyle that you wish that you, a lifestyle that you enjoy. So you're not living for the weekends. Like, I don't want to have to live for the weekends. Right. Um, I think this is interesting. I think this is a, um, it's more common now in our generation. I think it's more prevalent. Mm-hmm. but I don't think it's new I think it's something yeah. that started with maybe the millennial generation our parents mm-hmm. generation but it has something that we have taken to a whole new level yeah. and thanks to the technology we have at our hands absolutely yeah. because yeah I think the desire was there which is obvious why a lot of these like companies like Mary Kay and Sensi and Red and Fields and like products it's 31 like, and like products like yeah, yes products. exactly now there's like they- transferred into the you know consultancy or whatever the case is and I think the want was there and I think that that's why people craved it so badly and yeah but you're right taking our generation is taking it to a whole new level because you can Mm -hmm. make anything profitable almost now yeah it's kind of crazy I know and I think it's like I think coming up next with this next statistic stack Mm -hmm. Ken's if you could read it like I think it applies to what we're saying right now so, um, the do good one. Yeah. The one we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. That's like that. Okay. Yeah. So the next one on the list was the do good effect, which essentially is small business owners investing in social good are seeing the benefits. So 88% of small business owners who are, who prioritize social good say it helps their businesses grow. And 44% of small business owners who prioritize their social good say that their mental health has been positively impacted by running a business. So kind of like to sum it up is essentially just like by prioritizing the good benefits of like being a business owner or like having say like a nice structure, being able to take breaks when you need to, you know, doing the do good or like the good things that you want out of like a job or like just your day to day, being able to mm-hmm. do that in addition to running a business is what has positively impacted these businesses and to keep going. So I feel like for me personally, something that I really appreciate about having a structure is I've been able to go to yoga in the mornings and say I had to end up going to a 930 class. I would never be able to do that if I was working a nine to five because I would be you know, structured down to my computer or structured down to an office and being able to like say, Hey, I'm going to wake up, you know, in the morning, maybe start work at like seven, eight, answer emails, do a little bit of stuff before I go to yoga, then start my actual work day when I get back. That has been such a luxury for me because that's something I prioritize that one is like my activity, my body nourishing my body. And then two, my mindfulness of like focusing on 
like my mental health and making that a priority. I think just in general, it makes a lot of sense that naturally those numbers would be a lot higher because you're able to prioritize the things in your life that you really, you feel like you might be restricted of doing when you're working a nine to five or having a really definite structure. But Riley, what mm-hmm. for you, what's something think- that like you prioritize? Well, I think it's interesting because I saw the statistic in a different light. I saw it more of like we the way we see it is that we prioritize um, like sustainability, environmental Mm -hmm. impact, other people's well-beings in our businesses. And so for me, that's how the way I saw the social good aspect of it, because I thought that was I I thought I agreed. I felt like our generation is very like um, socially conscious in different ways. And so we want our work to be fulfilling. And so in a way by implementing something that is fulfilling in our work it is directly correlated to our mental health because we're doing something we enjoy um doing every single day and so i'm like reading through this article and it's saying that like two in five small businesses prioritize social good and i think like and the interesting part of this statistic is that it's saying that it had like unpredictable positive benefits to the actual actual economic success of their business and I'm like that is interesting and I think it's not by accident I think it's because like what we like as we say like it's the answer is in the question we prioritize mission-driven companies like we connect with that type of company it's a more emotional decision Mm -hmm. um, in a way and so since as a generation as a like a consumer we're all thinking that way obviously we're going to flock towards the companies that have more value-driven um, business like model or like a more value-driven business model around themselves because it's mm-hmm. fulfilling for the company. And we know that has indirect um, positive impact on somebody else, but also it has like a more of a selfish, but like positive impact on what we believe we're doing for the world and mm-hmm. doing for our economy in general. Um, so I thought that was like really cool to see that like statistics back up what I believe is true um, in like what right. is like trending in the consumer behavior um, in general. So. And I've yeah. even seen that, like, oh, yeah, yeah. for example, I, I believe Microsoft is like a good example. Also, Google, they have like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've seen like videos of their even. TikTok, for example, I guess I just like saw a video one time of somebody who works for Google or works for like a high marketed company, essentially like what their benefits are. They have like yoga rooms, they have like wellness Mm -hmm. rooms where you can or quiet rooms or um, fitness centers and like snacks and beverages. And not that those things are all like, you know, things that you need, but like having those things is... They In know my that, opinion, but, huh? No, I was, was like that? saying, like they they know that talent is looking for that, exactly. and like if they had to compare it to another company who may not offer that, mm-hmm. <laughs> they probably would choose it over exactly. another like deal. Yeah, I know I would. I mean, a hundred percent because they value people's like work life balance. They value people's like health and wellness. They're you know doing your work when you're like taking care of yourself first before you can like do your work it just like naturally probably will better the workflow better your creativity better the production of whatever you're working on because you're already kind of taking care of yourself as well and like they prioritize that even in the workplace which is not something that you see very commonly 
And yeah. I think more you do now, I feel like us experiencing jobs and stuff, seeing that now is definitely more of a priority, especially post pandemic. But I think that it really up until like probably three to five years ago was not very relevant. Mm-hmm. It's true. I would agree with that. I think like this may have not been as so like um, exponentially um like much of a priority. obvious yeah, exp- yeah like obvious i would say if it weren't for how much time we had to think yeah. about these things a few Absolutely. years ago um i was gonna say though it's just like i kind of lost track of my my okay. thought but i figured that we could skip to the whole idea of what type of side hustles are where how as a generation we're learning on how to create these things or how we're getting inspired and it's through TikTok mm-hmm. and our ideas around what type of resources we need to um, set up for ourselves in order to be successful. And I think content creation and the internet overall has completely shifted on how I think our generation are gonna promote uh, opportunities to our, our kids. Mm-hmm. So, the few statistics to back this up is 78% of Gen Z small business owners say obtaining a college education is not very necessary for running their own small business. 65% of Gen Z small business owners use TikTok as a resource to learn about business compared to small business owners overall, which is 33%. That's about double. And I know this to be true because I go to TikTok sometimes as my own little personal Google on how to do things, how to cook things, mm-hmm. how to file taxes, legal implications, mm-hmm. like hashtag legal TikTok is crazy. And I enjoy oh, yeah. it a ton. Um, mm-hmm. Little creative business model plays. Like I saw a TikTok earlier this week that broke down Reese Witherspoon's um, business model with uh, Hello Sunshine, her production company. And if you're not aware of Reese Witherspoon's business model, it's, I know some people are, but it's, it's insane to me. It blew my mind because she, she started with like a book club and she uses it for user testing to test out different books and like what she feels the consumer or the viewers would like to see. And then she goes to those who have published or wrote those books and she asks for the movie rights to them. And then she, her revenue model works off of royalties. And it's like this consistent cycle of producing movies, getting user testing through her book club. And um, she, one of these movies in fact was Big Little Lies, which she was also a co-star in. It's like, Mm -hmm. she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant for this. And uh, she's closed, like the closed, the the loose ends in this cycle. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's exponential. It'll never end. Like there's, there's always going to be new content you go work off of. And that's something I mean, even I just the, the concept in general, minus like it being her like production company, her production company is going to inspire new production companies down the line just to like have this concept of like books turning into movies. Just this like the way that she yeah. set it up is going mm-hmm. to be a like total mm-hmm. shift in that part of the book to movie industry. Well, you think about it, like, yeah, if you think about it, well, it's like, it's always, it's been like some of the most, my favorite movies I've seen were based off of books. Like Mm -hmm. a majority of movies created today are based off of books, like Hunger Games. Like there, it's a book. Game of Thrones is a TV show, but it was based off of books. Like everything is based off of books. It gives you a complete blueprint on how these shows can be created. And I think it's, it's, it's just so smart. And I wouldn't have known that, I think, as 
I pro- yeah, I probably wouldn't have known that if I didn't find it on TikTok. Like, it's not something I feel like I would have like found stumbling over like different rabbit holes in the internet. Right. Um, but thank you, TikTok. Hashtag TikTok. Hashtag and TikTok. I think it's a brilliant, I think that's why TikTok has become not only like a huge marketing tool, but an education tool for our generation. Um, it promotes creativity in so many different ways. It does. And it, it's really weird because I was actually having this conversation too previously. Um, I can't remember with who, but we were just talking about like the concept of TikTok and going for like the most simple things. Like I feel like it's how you used to go to YouTube and like search up how to do mm-hmm. things or like those how-to videos and stuff. And I get a lot of resources on like um, social media and like new trends that are happening and videos about trends and videos about um, like new creative templates or creative platforms that I can use for social media. So it's like I spend most of my time on TikTok trying to search up things that are good, but also I feel like sometimes it can be very mind boggling because you're wanting to like search up like all these tips and tricks and stuff. But then I feel like subconsciously we're like, okay, well, why just I work in this, so why shouldn't I be doing this? Or should I be like promoting this on my TikToks where it's like, I don't know, that's a totally different coffee or different topic for a different discussion. But I think that just in TikTok, TikTok in general is going to be like revolutionary when it comes to social media. Like we thought that Facebook and Instagram were revolutionary. Like TikTok, it's its its, its own new thing. Yeah, I feel like they fall in a similar category of what it can do for our society. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it makes sense because like people our age, like we have the attention span of a walnut mm-hmm. no no offense but we do like short form video and that's why like mm-hmm. youtube shorts is coming out and the algorithm is pushing heavy and we we like our one under 60 second short instant snippets of how to do something instant gratification mm-hmm. and whether that's a that's a whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that's a whole nother discussion yeah um don't come for us <laughs> don't come for us stating our general our observations yeah, yeah exactly so i think there's like a lot of interesting things that will erupt in the next like 10 years i think our children are gonna like listen to this topic and they're they're gonna oh, be I like know. what were you you guys were so prehistoric and you're thinking like we went to the oh. whole new level but we just have yet to see that right now mm-hmm. um but Something I'll say is that in this article, this also says like when it comes to these small businesses, um, some of the difficulties with these side hustles can be about the saturation in different markets. So the amount of like, say, Uber drivers, the -hmm. amount of people who sell um, personalized jewelry on Etsy, the amount of people who um, create content. There's this interesting side hustle that I read on. It was called SWAS, not, you know, the S-W-A-S. And it's saying... um, what it is is software or let me find the exact saying of it it's software with a service so they create content teaching other people how to use software it's not developing software it's like you you know like how all these different like technologies have on their websites like um how to's and like yeah like a stack uh, basically a blog teaching them how to use their software there's content creators who are utilizing that and partnering with these um, software platforms um that's so crazy isn't that insane like who would have thought about that five years ago who knows i wouldn't know so the creator economy booming and the things that they're going to continue like people are going to continue creating and continue coming up with Mm mm-hmm 
is going to be insane because we we think of these things that are like unthinkable or like oh my gosh who would have thought about that like that's crazy but how beneficial how relevant and now we're like yeah it's just it's just crazy it's crazy it's needed it's very needed and I think it's I'm excited to see how it'll go um but as for me like I feel like I love and I enjoyed having these conversations with other people like with my friends I'm like for example like okay starting a podcast that's a side hustle um being a freelance podcast host question mark is that a side hustle like thinking of all these dynamic ways of like how you can fulfill your lifestyle and passions and your what you do day to day and it may not be easy it may take a lot of time in the beginning you never know but I love having options and I feel like we're a very option favorable society at this point so um, that's my, those are my final drop, my final thoughts, my final thoughts, mic drop. My final thoughts are start that side hustle. Do start it. That side hustle. Do the thing. Yep. Do and it even if you if want it, to. Or do that passion project. Do it for yourself if that's what you want to do. Don't let other people stop you. And mm-hmm. you can always try. Yeah. Don't like fall try. into the... It's like, don't fall into the hustle culture, but if you, no. but don't be afraid to explore side hustle culture because yes. you just never know. Yes. It has so many different dynamic de- de- um, definitions. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. do what you end up, you enjoy. It tends to be what everyone else is doing right now, I guess, <laughs> which is cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're interested in knowing more, I'll go ahead and drop this article that I read in the show notes um and just do a little like google search of side hustle culture it's very interesting what you'll be able to find yes fantastic all right thank you guys for listening to this (laughs) podcast kenzie you want to take us out yeah so obviously as you know give us an awesome review if you like the episode also our follow us on instagram we just recently dropped our facebook which is also at baddies moon business so be sure to check out that and yeah we will see you guys next wednesday hope you enjoyed the episode bye-bye bye baddies